part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brandon and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. All right. Welcome, Carl. This is your first time around our table. Uh, pick any chair. Pick any open chair. Several. You sound sick. I am a little sick. That's not surprising. Pull your microphone up. It's not surprising. I've been spending time around your family. It was inevitable this time around. Yeah. I'm a little sick. I don't. I don't feel especially bad. I'm just a little run down and my nose is stuffy. Hmm. But once again, we don't all experience exactly the same symptoms when we're sick. No, we don't. Some of us have a really rough night trying to sleep. That'd be me. That was last night. Last night I couldn't sleep very well. Well, okay. But I, I actually experience it before I even know that I'm sick. Like I will, I will have a night of insomnia and anxiety. And then, and then you get sick. the next day I'll be like, oh. Oh, I'm sick. This makes sense. Like, and I always get a headache. Always. Because I'm on the verge of a headache, but it's not, you know, I'm functioning. All of the, I'm going to be able to pull off this podcast like All of boss. the fevers were less than 100 degrees, which is not officially a fever. Like, a lot of places won't even consider it a fever unless it's over 100.4. Wow. And all of the kids in my family had a 99.6 or less. That would be, that would make it even harder if you felt really, really bad, but don't even get to officially say that you have a fever. Oh, I counted it. No, I knew that they were, that's warmer than they usually run. And so I was like, so yep. So you still counted it as a fever even it was though you're not elevated. supposed to? Their temperature was elevated, which told me what I needed to know. Okay. So slight yeah. fevers. And then I had really intense muscle aches. I thought I just worked it too hard at the gym the night before. But no, you were sick. But no, it was just this achy. achy I remember you griping about your legs hurting. I know. And last week. Yeah. And then I suddenly. When I felt fine, like, you were griping about your legs hurting. Right. And now. I have whatever you had. Right. And then I was like, oh, this makes so much more sense now. So. Uh, well, we'll survive. We'll survive. It's super hot here. It's uh, mm -hmm. miserably hot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not as bad today as it was yesterday. It's windy today. It's true. So it's it doesn't feel wind. as hot. It's hot wind, but moving air does change things. If it, it just it sits, it feel cooler. The humidity that just like clouds around you and it doesn't move at all—that's when it's, that's when you're experiencing the true depths of an Indiana heat. Yeah, when they, uh, the humidity is like eighty-nine percent, mm -hmm. and it's like walking into a shower, it's like yeah. walking into the pool room. It's just you're you're just wet. You can feel the moisture hit your face as soon as you go out the door. Yep. Some people don't know that that's the temperature or that's the climate here. They don't realize that it's like it will like reach rainforest sort that's of. That's true. People people look at Indiana and they think that looks like the greatest place on earth to live. People don't think about Indiana. People think no, they do. They people think about <laughs> Indiana all the time, and they go, "Wow, it must be great to live there. The temperature is always perfect." I woke the, up the other day the, and I couldn't see out the window because it was so fogged up. 
from all the conversation. Yeah, that's still the way it is on our back door. Yeah. Our back door looks like a terrarium. Yep. I couldn't see across the street because it was just this hazy fog. Uh-huh. And then you walk outside and you're like. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I was thinking about that a couple of days ago when it was so hot. And I was, of course, upstairs working on the website for Vacay with the Comics. Mm-hmm. How's that coming? It's coming slow because I have to keep going downstairs every few minutes or else I'll die. You have to keep like a, like a whale surfacing except yeah, you're going the other I go, direction. I go up into the sweltering attic and work for a few minutes. And then so I don't die, I go downstairs. You hold your breath the whole time. Why don't you Because it's going to take even computer. longer if I die. Why don't you move your computer to a more temperate location? I could. You know. I could. I used to have a laptop that was downstairs in the temperate zone. Where, but, where you could actually breathe. Up. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm doing that, and uh, I don't remember why I brought that up. Because I, it. Oh, because you're talking about Vacay with Comics? You're working on the website? I'm working on the website. Vacay with Comics is coming up in July of next year, not this year. So, we're about a year away. But you should definitely come with us, Carl. It's just, it's fun. We're just, for a few days, we just don't, we just laugh. We just play games and we eat food and we have comedy shows Mm -hmm. and we go, you know what? We're going to celebrate stuff. There's plenty of opportunities to be upset about things, Mm -hmm. plenty of reasons to be annoyed, plenty of reasons to be worried. And you know, we're just going to pretend that all of that is not there and we're going to laugh. It's hotter now, I think, than it was in August when we did it, when we did vacay. I don't think it was this bad. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say that when I was a kid, and it was... I, I never cared what the temperature was. Right. I, I would go out in the summertime, and it didn't matter if it was 90 or 95 degrees or whatever. Yeah, it was hot. Well, it would change. But you went outside, you rode your bike. Right. It might change the activities. Like, we would ask to the get hose. the water out. Yeah, we'd play in the hose and things like that. But yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, too. That, that I used to be much more intimately acquainted with the weather than I am as an adult. Right. And so... And now, <laughs> now we look at the weather. You you were talking a couple of days ago about how you decided to paint even though it was super hot because yeah. you were tired of pl- planning your life around what the weather What the weather was app going to was be. wrong about. Because it kept telling me that I should plan for rain and I would and then it wouldn't rain. Right. And then it would tell me I was probably in the clear. Like today, it says there's less than 20% precipitation. But look outside. Yeah, it's kind of hazy. Like when I was a kid, I would have looked at that. I would have gone outside and it wouldn't have surprised me at all if it had started drizzling on my head. Right. I'm like, maybe I just, maybe I need to go back to my roots and trust my instincts a little bit better. And Well, you just do, you, you just... You just go outside and you start doing things until you can't do them anymore. And we, I remember digging holes in the in the summer down down the uh, block from our house before they put up the fire station. There was a big empty lot, and me and the Broviac kids and uh, Ralph and Joe <laughs> and your brother. Yeah, we all and my brother. We all went and started digging a hole. Uh, and we worked on that hole for two solid days, and mm-hmm. it was super hot, and we came home grimy and sweaty. Yep. I don't even know why we were doing it. It was just... It was the project. Let's just see how big a hole we can It was can the dig. thing. Right. But no, at no point did we go, oh, it's too hot to... It's right. It's too hot to dig a hole. It's never too hot to dig a hole. Right. We, we made the mixture. I think I've talked about this. I don't think you've talked about it Haven't talked recently. about the mixture on the podcast? No. Yeah, there was this 10-gallon bucket... That that was out next to a rain gutter, one of the one of my friends' garage, 
Uh, and it had filled up with rain uh-huh. for completely full for a season. Top. It was yeah. completely full of water, rainwater, and we we're like, you know what this needs? Everything. Everything. We need Everything to put that we can find. all the things in this bucket. It started uh-huh. with mud and rocks and dirt, like in grass and things like that, and leaves. Yep. But eventually. <laughs> We were like you were putting ketchup and mustard. Yeah, we like didn't you find a dead animal? Um, I don't not like a large one, but like we'd put ants and you know bugs and things, crickets, poop. Oh yeah, cat poop and dog poop because that was in ready supply in the neighborhood. Yeah, they had plenty of that. Um, cigarette butts. Yeah, we scraped like there was this oil patch on this on the street. Mm -hmm. You know, you scraped up the rainbow colored liquid. Scraped whatever that was up. Paint that in. Uh, yeah, I think we did have a little bit of that, and lottery tickets and things. Lottery tickets. Yeah, eventually. I didn't know about that. What was funny was eventually whatever concoction we, whatever like, whatever we'd created, it got to the point where when we would put things in it, they didn't float anymore. They would just like disappear. Just disappear to this. Was it pretty viscous? Was it like kind of a not soupy? as much. Yeah, it wasn't like as thick as you would think. Like with as much solid materials we like, started putting in. Like pudding? No. Thinner than pudding? No, very thin. I'll bet there was a bunch of stuff at the bottom. Though. Yes, I'll I'm sure. there was sure. a lot of sentiment. None of us, thankfully, none of us were brave enough to actually stick our hands all the way in there. I'll bet there was a lot of silt at the bottom. Yeah, I'm sure. And lottery tickets. But what happened was, tragically... Yes. Um, Somebody made you pour it out, right? No, not even that. Like um, our friends, our buddies took the whole thing to the farm because their grandpa had a farm and the plan was to find even more more farm related things yeah like a wider variety of 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 ingredients nasty things poop mainly we were like well he's got like goats and stuff goats sure put some poop in there um but then apparently rumor has it grandpa found the bucket and he dumped it out because he didn't realize what it was he thought it was garbage yeah he thought it was just a, a yeah. A bucket full of... A slop. Of awful... Somehow he oh, got... it was a bucket full of awful. <laughs> Somehow he was confused. He didn't realize how many man hours... Yeah. It was our summer that. project. Yeah. So, there, yeah. bye-bye mixture. That's so long shame. mixture. That's a shame. But I, we really did call it the mixture, even then. My brother T-M, caught a catfish. Capital T-M. My brother caught a catfish and brought it home in a jar, like a mason jar. Mm-hmm. Screwed the lid on tight. Ugh. And uh, it had expired. <laughs> and... Like later in the week, it started to decompose, and so then we were like afraid to take the lid off. Yeah, and so we just like left it. And by the end of the summer, it was just a sort of gray, mm-hmm. sort with of bones gray. in it. Yeah, with bones. Uh-huh. It was like a perfect skeleton of a catfish rattling around in there. Uh-huh. And it was kind of like kind of like a snow globe. Like you could shake it, <laughs> and these little these little f- delightful flecks would go up and swirl around, and yeah. then there'd be a skeleton swirling around in it. Yep, like a it's if, a sensory if, jar is what they call it. Yeah, if, if you had, like, if we had had the foresight to put, like, a little house or something in there, it would have been would have been perfect. It would have been like a, little, like a little scene. You could sell it to people who work, like, you could sell it to people who do therapy. Therapists love that kind of stuff. Yeah, you could just look at it, and yeah. it makes you comfortable. Makes right. you comfortable to watch the kids could sit in their swings with their weighted blankets and their dead catfish and jars. watch the catfish bones <laughs> yeah. uh, slosh around in the mason jar. Yeah, yeah. It would, See, if, oh, if it would help them known, immensely. It's still not too late. We could do that. We've got access to... You could do other things besides catfish, too. You could put crawdads in there. Or, but there's something about this weather that that reminds you of those 
adventures. Like there's something about going outside in the Indiana humidity and heat that, go, that makes you go, oh yeah, I used to spend a lot of time out here under these we did. conditions. We rode our bikes constantly. So We never stayed in because it was too hot, ever. And uh, to be fair, I didn't paint. Well, actually, yeah, we did. The day that I talked to you about painting, even though it was supposed to rain, it we painted the entire one whole wall of our shed. Uh-oh. <laughs> My children need me. Go. Oh, there she goes. Talk All to right. Carl. Uh, well, I was going to... Uh, I guess I do have a little bit of a cough now that, I, now that I'm trying to talk. It's going to be... Uh, you just write down Vacay with the Comics, July 27th through the 30th of next year, Carl. Even if you have no intention of going, even if you, even if you're convinced that all of the forces of the universe will conspire against you to prevent you from going, write it down because we want you to come with us. We did it two years ago and it was super fun. Yeah, we're, uh, we're doing it again. Well, we did it last year. It will be two years when we go back. Right. So, so it's just been a long fall so, and did, winter and spring. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see the thing that I sent earlier about the uh, the fake nudes? Yes, I saw. Uh huh. Why are you <laughs> smiling? <laughs> well, here's the thing, Carl. There, I saw an article that they're they've got AI software now. They've had this for a long time. That can simulate. That can make up people. Right. You know, they can like do faces of people that don't exist. But they look like regular people. It just looks like photographs of people. And so, to nobody's surprise, they're now doing, like, fake nudes. They've got, like, naked people that don't exist. Right. And the article I read was questioning the morality of that. It's like, is this okay? Is it okay to have fake nudes? Like, like nude women generated by artificial intelligence? Is right. that, so is that immoral? Is, no, it's not okay. There, glad I could clear that up for you. Well, it's not okay, but it wasn't okay when they were real women either. Right, but they, but because because humanists are not very bright and are trying so desperately to borrow from the morality of the Christian worldview while also giving some alternate explanation for why they have that morality, they have decided that the reason that it was not okay before was because the people, the individuals who were being depicted in those lewd photographs were real. Right. And so what makes it okay is that they're not actually Now real they're people. not real people. Not so the fact that it's we're actually... We're objectifying objects instead of objectifying actual right, women. Right, because they don't realize that what makes it wrong to objectify an actual human being is that they were created in the image of God. Right. And so if you are now creating things in the image of man who is created in the image of God, you are still desecrating something that is sacred you're still you are still being lewd with something that is supposed to be given more respect than that and they don't get that because again they're trying to justify why they think think things are right and things are wrong you know apart from the biblical worldview but <laughs> but yes not to say nothing of and i don't think we should say nothing of the fact that whoever's looking <laughs> obviously we're at, saying something of it whoever's looking at the photo is still doing damage to themselves right. too but that's not what it is. Right, that's but the people wrong. looking at pornography were never looking at the pornography because of the individual that was in it. It was all there was always a stripping away of the individuality of the people. It's basically right. just a collection of body parts. Correct. But that's what they page. thought was the problem. Like the humanists thought that that was the whole problem. That as long as you were just as, as long as you as long as you were as looking long as at body parts. There's not an parts, actual person behind yeah. these body parts. It's not a problem. Right. 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 
They because they don't ever they have no forward thinking. They have no idea how a worldview works in total. Where all works together to create your uh, your belief system, and they don't know that that what makes it wrong to gratify yourself with body parts is that you are desecrating the image of God. Right. That you are t- taking something that's meant to be respected and sacred, and you are making it. You're using it for your own selfish purposes, right. desecrating it. But I just, I couldn't help but kind of think that it was funny, A, that they were asking the question. Yeah, I'm not a, surprised. A, that suddenly now it's like, is porn okay if it's not a real no, person? They, they, <laughs> it's like, you guys are okay with porn when it is a real person. Actually, so what's your dilemma now? They're not okay with it. They know sure that they it's are. wrong. But they're also asking the question, is it okay to give pedophiles dolls that are child size? Right. Like, they've been asking that for many, many years now, too. Really? Yep. I didn't know about that. Yep. And and this these are the types of questions that come from when a person doesn't know why right and wrong exists in the first place, then, yeah, you're going to have a really hard time <laughs> oh, by the way, answering that. By the way, I had a great idea for how you can do family-friendly drag shows. Oh, good. I did. Okay. Uh, so they, they advertise them as... Family friendly. They put the word family friendly in there and you can bring your kids to this drag show. And it's just like grown up men in dressed like women right. doing erotic dancing and stuff for t- right. tips. Right. And then they say, well, it's it's just entertainment. It's not intended to be any sort of, there's nothing sexual going on here. It's just fun. It's just, some of them have gone on to say, and I don't know that there's consensus among the community about this, but some of them have actually said it's a comedy. It's like a parody. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, it occurred to me that, okay, if, if you're going to do family-friendly drag with the idea that this is something you can bring children to and you're sincerely not trying to program them with some sort of lewd, uh, deviant sexuality. Right. Then all you have to do, if you're going to call it family friendly, you are required to give every member of the audience under the age of 18 some sort of vegetables or water balloons or fruit or something like that, a pie that they can hurl at the performers during the program. Right. And then then what you have is you do have a family friendly event because what kid, gay or straight, doesn't like a food fight they all do so you're throwing things at these at these performers you're actually i i thought you were going to go the complete opposite direction i thought you were going to say make it like school where you're going to parade them out and then you're going to ask the kids like very serious very pointed questions about like biology like oh you can't do that with little kids like the though. Difference, but you can oh, yes you can, you can. little kids can throw water balloons I, yeah. at the funny man in the dress no, right and then they're gonna enjoy it and they i think the lgbt group would totally be on board with that you think so yes i thought they would i thought they would go oh no we're not gonna allow this no, to happen because no. they they are because 100% they're not genuinely interested in doing family entertainment yes they are genuinely interested in in getting the kids to be accepting of everything that goes on at the pride parade and so whatever it takes, whatever it takes, if it's candy, oh yeah, that's what they do. Well, I understand giving out candy, it's but being the target of water balloons and pies. And the fact that they're referring to it as just entertainment is is 
intentionally, I think, downplaying the the importance of entertainment for a child. That's all a kid does. A kid's entire job for the first few years of their life is to play and to learn through play. And so, yeah, you give your kid a sucker in their mouth and a pie in their hand, and they get to go to the essentially the circus. Don't you think it would be better for a child to grow up thinking, believing that a man in a dress is a target for a water balloon versus a guy versus a person that you tip a dollar i don't think that don't you think that's better i don't think that that is the message that it sends when you throw when you throw a ball at a guy in a dunk tank do you despise the guy in the dunk tank like is that sending any kind of message about the guy who actually lands in the water Mm -mm. no it simply gives you okay with putting drag queens in dunk tanks are you? Yeah. I don't think that you've thought this through, Dad. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I think that you're trying to call their bluff, and I think that they would be 100% on board with it. You That's all so. they and want. And you think, you think that, that children growing up, because you're basically creating a clown. Right. You're making them into clowns. Do you? And do, children, do children grow up thinking, oh, I have an enormous amount of respect for that clown? Yes. When children grow up, they have good memories associated with clowns, except for the ones who have seen horror movies that involve clowns, which intentionally changes their opinion of the clown. But clowns are child friendly mm-hmm. and gay sex is not. And so nothing about the LGBT uh, agenda should be included alongside child programming. They should not be giving candy to your kids. They should not be giving water balloons to your kids. They should not be entertaining your kids. No, you should be giving water because balloons. Because your to kids. kids will go and associate what they have been entertained by with good, righteous memories, righteousness and goodness and fun. The whole point of of comedy is to what try if, to order our affections. Okay, in what the if right we direction. did this? What if we what if we altered it and we put Drag, you can do a family-friendly drag show, but the drag queens have to be in stockades and pelted with plants and, I, and I eggs. I think that if you are encouraging your kids to have fun with, with drag, drag queens, queens, that it's always going to be wrong. I think that is why you should bring them out and you can teach about them in a very serious manner. You can you can ask serious questions. So your, your position would be that a family-friendly drag show would be dreadfully boring mm-hmm. for the children. Yep. All right. Well, I can go along with that too. Yep. It needs to be something that they are not looking forward That's to. Like, I don't want to go to the drag show. Yeah. It's like going to the bank. Right. It's like, I don't want to go to the drag show. Right. It's no fun. We as Christians are supposed to be helping our children learn to enjoy what is good and to despise what is disgusting according to God. And so... Uh, so you, so have, you have all these guys in dresses come need out. need to do a better job encouraging do, them to go to the bank. We do need to do a better lectures. job it, like having something fun for them at the library. We need to do stuff that, you know, encourages them to want to do their school and not not roll their eyes and be annoyed and bored. But yeah, you start giving them carnival games and associate that with the funny gay man and that's exactly what the gay agenda is all about. It's trying to normalize and and um uh, encourage good thoughts and good memories associated with good associations. Right, that's what they're trying to make, and that would and do you it. Think, you think the drag community would be okay with people throwing eggs at them while they perform? Yeah, I think. I really, think if it was kids, yeah, not people, but I think if it's children, that they're doing everything that they can to try to win over the next generation. Mm. Yeah, or mm-hmm. and even mm-hmm. if they're not okay with, I it, thought that their pride. Pun intended. Even if they're not okay with from, it, it's that would be an, um, 
oversight. That would be wrongheaded to think that 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 was going to be bad for their for their future. Because generally, again, the guy in the dunk tank. Anytime you have kid like kid related programming, it always has to do with water and sweets and music and fun, and that's all intentional. That's all teaching your child where to like what to love and what to by contrast what to not love and so so yes you should make things when you're talking about what's disgusting about the world you know it should be a very serious and grim endeavor by the way have you been reading deep comedy i have have you yes i'm not very far into it because it's a very heavy book it is very chonky yeah yeah. Why? It's why not did you thick, want? Why like, did you want to talk about that? It's actually just a pamphlet, but it's. Are you just checking up on me, or did you have a a reason to? Well, it's relative. It's related to this conversation too, but okay. also because I was checking up on you. Probably about seventy five percent checking Check, up on checking you. up on me. Seventy five percent, and then 25%. relevant twenty five percent. Yeah, I I I have been convicted lately that one of the things I need to do better is to make life more fun. For in my the kids. right areas. Yes. In the for right things that, that are supposed to be yeah. uh, good and I don't honorable. Think, I don't think it was really done for me. I didn't, I I was not a kid who like was exposed to fine dining or, you know, right. encouraged That's to branch true. out with my tastes. Um, I wasn't, I, I didn't read a lot of poetry or I didn't really read a lot outside of my own little tiny genre. Like when the bookmobile would come in, you know come on block and I would just go to the exact same series of brain candy that I would read, you know? Right. And so, so yeah, like I don't even know how to appreciate, I cannot go into a museum even now and like look at the sculptures or the paintings and give you any sort of intelligent conversation about what I like or what I don't like. Well, I guess I could tell you what I like and what I don't like, but I can't tell you why I don't know anything about the different movements or, you know, the supposedly what's going on with like your emotions and, you know, right. your, your psyche. Same with music too. Like I took a music theory class in college one time for one semester and most of it just doesn't resonate with me. I don't understand what people are talking about when they're like, oh, this mood, the mood of this piece is blah, blah, blah. I'm tempted to believe they're just making stuff up. But that's what I've always thought. That's what people were doing with art. Yeah. Too. They were saying, well, what this represents is like, it's just a picture of a ball sitting on a bench. It doesn't represent anything. Yeah. But you're suggesting that you can be, you, you are taught to appreciate things. Yes. That somebody uh, who has that knowledge presents you and teaches you how to appreciate art, how to appreciate food, how to appreciate mm-hmm. literature. Right. Through a combination of exposure to it and also discussion about it. And, you know, well, there's a certain amount of humility required if you're going to do that. Like you have to believe that the other person is not just making something up. Right. You have to actually believe that what they're telling you is information that's worth knowing. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part for me. Right. Because I have a tendency to just make fun of all of it. Right. I think it'd be a good idea to throw water balloons at drag queens. That's that's the level of my sophisticated intellect. I don't think Carl's going to be on your side this time. Okay. Because I think most of the content in and around the Fight, Laugh, Feast. 
I'm not even sure I'm on my side anymore after talking to you. Right. I think most of the content... What about, what about spraying pride parades with fire hoses? What about that? Is it fun? Are you trying to make it fun? Is there anything fun about it? Yes. If you get a fire hose involved, my kids are going to want to be there. I don't want to do, do anything that's going to cause my kids to say, can we go to the pride parade this month? And spray kids. I don't want kids. anything that makes them want to be there more. I don't want them to, to go... Mm. They always want to go where the dunk tank is. They always want to, if we're going downtown right. That's a fair point. for the festival. That's a fair point. I just thought that it would be, I thought that it would be uh, antagonistic towards the drag queens. No, if not they when they are actually. While they're trying to No, their, do their culture art. is one that has memories of themselves being dragged to pride parades by grownups, usually not members of their own family, usually some creepy near stranger who groomed them and... And so, so should we should we pelt the preacher with eggs on Sunday morning at church? What do you think VBS is all about? <laughs> what do you think that is about? The pie in the face is one hundred percent what the youth minister does. Should we spray the choir with a fire hose on Sunday morning and uh, mm-hmm. make everybody look forward to it? That's that's what they're trying to do. It's too little, too late with the kids in our various youth ministries. Like, they're not getting any discipleship at home, and so then they come for a week during the summer, or they go to Sunday school an hour on and Sunday. And watch a guy swallow a goldfish. Yeah, yeah. Or they get candy, and, you know, they're being bribed. They're being bribed to please just crack open your Bible, and for the next 30 seconds, right. try to memorize John three sixteen. and once you do, then we'll give you a snicker Right, bar. but isn't it, isn't it true, then, that the activity... Is completely divorced from whatever it is, whatever the theme is, whatever the message is that you're trying to communicate. Like the gospel is not advanced by a bunch of kids throwing eggs at the youth minister. No, but apparently people really, really have good memories about that because now they're adults. People my age are now trying to repeat that for their own children. And that's what they have, that's what they think church is now. They're just trying to recreate what they remember from right. camp and Awana and right. PBS for but their the, own kids. But isn't it, isn't it true that that sort of trivializes it and makes it, makes it a, no, makes it a mockery? Well, no, it's supposed to be both. It's supposed to be that you have the truth that you're conveying to a child and also the joy and the fun and the sweetness that, that tells them that God is a fun loving God and that he created laughter and that he created your body to be able to enjoy good things, sweet things and you know good good food and good music and good art and good jokes are all supposed to belong to God. And so yeah, on the one hand, you've got people who don't know the purpose of those things and they're just they're just trying to shove pizza down the gullets of all of their teenagers and hope that they don't apostate when they go apostatize when they go to college um which isn't working i hope that they hang in but on the other hand you've got the world the lgbt community you know and the atheists it's doing the same thing who are trying to do the same thing and actually having some success because because there is something to be said about music and food and and teaching children what they love like what to love there is something to be said about entertainment being powerful if you've got books and you're telling good stories or you've got movies and they're really engaging and and those are the things you're offering to the kids in church then yeah they're eventually going to go that direction so if, or if you've got pies and fire hoses then 
That'll be interesting. And seltzer for a while. bottles and eggs. And don't forget about that. Velcro uh, suits and and bungee. Yeah, bungee rock climbing walls where you like run and the bungee cord yanks you backwards. Sumo suits and big blow inflatable balls that are big enough to climb in and mm. stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, for many many years, a, a man wearing a dress was comedy, mm-hmm. and you would suggest that that's that that's part of the issue that we've that we've grown to sort of have an affection for men wearing dresses because they make us laugh and we well, like Well, I haven't because I can see the abuse that's going on. Like, I I do not associate that with fun and games. Like, when I see, when I go to a pride parade, for example, not that I do, but if no, I I'm were talking to, about like when Milton Berle would dress up and Flip Wilson. I mean, comedians right. have, have worn... Comedians have been in drag for years and right, years. Right, but that's a different that's a different situation than like seeing it on a street somewhere, you know, with all the rainbows around and everything. There are people who do think that what they have there is this sweet childhood memory of their first pride parade. And so now they're like there are people whose job is to take other kids other people's kids right. to pride parades like they're some kind of nanny so, or surrogate. So this is their mixture. Yes. This is their, their, it's their VBS. back and reliving the fond memories of Indiana yes. summers yes. by digging a hole and making a mixture. And for me, and I see that. I see a grown adult taking a child to a parade like that, and I have one word go through my head. Grooming. Grooming. Right. And we need to use that word. We need to use it so that it shocks them out of this, you know, faux, I guess, reminiscent, like this uh, fantastical, you know, state of mind that they're in. Well, they're saying, but yeah, yeah. I hear, I I get your point. I get your point. I don't disagree. Family friendly is, is a term that they use because words are powerful. Right. And if you say family friendly, that communicates something different than what it actually is. Well, and they are trying to make it family friendly because they know that that's how you win a culture. That's how you steer a, cult- a culture. If you've got people and their children coming to your event, that you're going to have an influence on those right. young people for the rest of their lives. Right, but you can't. But you're. It's like the library. The term. I mean, because family friendly is supposed to imply that this is good for the family. This affirms the family and builds right. up the family. But uh, homosexuality. By, by nature is right. opposed to the family. Right, but that's the problem is that we have people in the United States, the majority of the United States was raised on Christian or at least Christian assuming values. Like we, they had an assumption of Christian values. Mm-hmm. And so family friendly comes from that. Like the idea that we all value that comes from our history of Christian values. And so family friendly would have been connected to the, first of all, Christian definition of family and the Christian definition of friendly and so that word itself only makes sense when it's grounded in judeo-christian framework right but but the family friendly we don't talk about it like that anymore. no it's family changed. friendly just means that basically that children can come to it and see it we are advertising this to your children right, right. actually our library <laughs> is advertising to zero to 11 year olds for the Rainbow Story Hour zero zero year olds to 11 year olds like newborn babies yeah to come to this celebration, and this is on the pamphlet that they passed out, the celebration of Pride Month. Right. We're going to read LGBTQ plus stories, whatever right. that is. And so, yes. And, and what motivates parents 
to participate in that. I mean, I understand the gay couple that has adopted or that- has children through surrogacy. I understand why they would be all about that. But what about what about parents who are from it's traditional? The same thing. There are no parents from traditional backgrounds anymore. It's the same thing that used to motivate everyone, including the atheists, to go to. VBS or to take them down to an Independence Day parade or to take them to anything else that was advertised as, quote, family friendly. It just, that's the thing that you did. It was a cultural rite of passage and not something that that people thought very deeply about. So there's a barbecue down at the library or, oh, they're going to have a water balloon fight or whatever. Parents would take their kids because that's just what you did. And it used to be, again, 100 years ago, even if you weren't a church-going family, you would still go to the church whenever they had a family-friendly event, and and your kids would get an ice cream cone, or your kids would get, you know, a free book or something like that. So, so this is all just relativism. It's just it's just more relativism. Where no, it's a are. shift of religion. Now they would not be caught dead in your church. They don't. They will actively tell you they don't want to go to your church. So or your VBS church is not able. Church is no longer capable of even having family-friendly events. Church is brainwashing. Right. Church is indoctrination. But, you, but something brainwashing. will always replace it. And so this is now the new religion. This is now what you do if you're a good person. It used to be good people would go to church on Easter and Christmas because who knows? That's just what you did. Now you affirm. Yep. homosexuality now you take them to rainbow story hour because it's what you do when you've got children when you're a good person yeah when you're a good a good person right and and there's no so they're not thinking about it they're not no. they're not spending any time going this is this is totally con contradictory to the way we live our lives like this isn't not this is these people don't we don't have anything in common with these people. well they don't think that they think that That's it's, it's they don't not think that. different. It's not totally contradictory to the way that they live their own life. They feel like we both like ice cream. They just like chocolate and I like vanilla. Like they see it as one of those. They don't see it as an entire worldview or entirely different. They certainly don't see it as different than the way that their grandparents and their great grandparents viewed the world. No, they see their great grandparents as bigots, right? No, then their they would see that it was different. Their were fundamentalists and bigots and they didn't have any tolerance for... For anybody who thought differently than they did. I don't. I think that most of the people who are taking their kids to, to parades and things and to Rainbow Story Hour, I don't think that they saw their parents and grandparents as bigots. I think that they're third or fourth generation atheists in a lot of cases, but they just, at the time... Practical atheists. They just, they're not confessing Right, they atheists. just do whatever the culture is doing. And so when the culture is generally Judeo-Christian or assumes... Judeo-Christian values, then they just kind of go along with that. And then now that the culture has shifted, it's it's now they go along with the, with the other thing. Yes, now they're going along. That's what I'm with saying. This. That they don't they don't think about it. They're just they're just carried along. It's secularism. It's not necessarily relativism in this case. It's it's just the allegiance has shifted. It's. It, I think that's maybe why the scripture has such harsh words for people who call evil good and good evil because. Really, all you have to do with a lot of people is say, this is a good thing. And they go, oh, okay, I'll bring my kids to it. just call it family friendly. Yeah. Which is why I say, I think it could totally backfire when if you offer sweets and treats and anything fun, anything that... Like, yeah, you're probably right. Now, doggone it, now I have to change my post for later. Because mm-hmm. you changed my mind. You always get this way, too. When you have several days in a row of having atheists show up on your wall... It colors your perspective on everything, and you just need to you need to not read their comments. Do I not? Is what? What is it? Is it? 
how does it color my perspective? It, because you stop, you stop seeing like the way things are around you and you start seeing things through their lens all the time mm. and you start trying to think like them. And that's not a very good exercise for very long. Mm. It's a dangerous thing to step inside the mind of an atheist because that's all you're doing right now. You're not actually thinking about what's good for kids and what's good for families and how can we, how can we raise healthy kids. Actually, what I was trying kids. to do was... was Honk off the atheist. No, I was trying to create a funny, funny picture. I thought right. it was... I thought it was funny to see those drag queens in my mind getting pelted with fruit. Right. And kids would enjoy it. Yeah, and kids would enjoy it. Right. And and, then, and they shouldn't. No. We don't want them to enjoy it. So your idea is better. Your idea is of having a having drag queens. Maybe you bring the kids in and you parade them into straight back chairs. Well, what I said down. to Luke was I have half a mind if we go to, you know, if we get approached by somebody at a fair or a festival, because there's always a booth for the Kokomo Pride yes, downtown there whenever there's an event. But downtown. it's usually pretty subdued here in Indiana. They're not real. They're not real militant. But here. they've got stuff yeah. on their table. And so I was imagining, like, what do we do if they try to offer stickers or right. or pens or, you know, a sucker to my children? So what do you do? Well, I thought about it, and I decided that I was going to tell the grown-up, you know, whoever is doing the offering, I will let you give my oldest that sucker if you can tell her honestly what LGBTQ stands for. You can tell her what that what they mean. So, what would you expect them to say? They're, they would they would probably just rattle off it's gay, lesbian, bisexual. Gay, lesbian, bi. Right, and then I trans. would encourage Cammy to ask, "Okay, but what does that, what does that mean?" And if they can tell her, but they wouldn't. They would no. say it's it's love. Right. It's just that we love people who are right. Two mommies, two daddies, but it's all love. Right. That's what I. That's what I expect. And, right. that, and then I would say, "Okay, you cannot give her the sucker because you're not being honest. You're just telling her what the person told you when you were a child." But that's not actually true. You're just repeating the same sermon that was given to you. But it's brainwashing, and I don't bra- I don't believe in brainwashing my kids. So you okay? Yeah, right. I would say that's that's not being honest. Even the word I said we like I said to Luke, I would tell them we study word etymology in our homeschool because we believe in in telling the truth. And the word sexual is right there in it's the word. In the word, yeah. and and I can understand why a grown up wouldn't want to have a conversation with my kid. I can understand why you'd want to just give her a sticker. Yeah, I can understand why you wouldn't want to in, in, explain to another person's kid what the word "sexual" is doing in your group's oh, name. Oh gosh, if you go to the, when you go to the fair, I want to go with you this yeah. year because that would be it, that will set them on fire. There won't be a person in a booth who's going to be able to to give an honest answer. Yeah, to there kid. won't be anybody right. that's going to be able to have a dialogue with you. Right, and the difference is at VBS. We can actually tell them what VBS stands for. Vacation Bible School. And we can also tell them the gospel. And we can be as in-depth as we want to be. Now, it might go over their head still, but it's not going to give us a pause or cause to There's blush. nothing we're ashamed of. Yes. It's there's, not, nothing, there's no doctrine that we're like, ooh, this is going to be awkward to talk about. It's not something that's going to possibly put us in jeopardy of having to go to jail because we're, you know, t- having conversations right. with... There's nothing that we have to make up a friendly acronym or yeah. assign a cartoon character to it to say no. so that it's no. less offensive. There's a big difference between trying to make it trying to bring it down to a child's level so they can understand better and obfuscating it and otherwise being manipulative so that you don't have to let the child know the full the full picture of right. what you're talking about. Right. So 
And that's that's what they rely on. They rely on cutesy acronyms. They rely on stickers and unicorns. Suckers. And where I learned this from, by the way, is from the atheists who make these accusations to their Sunday school teachers and their youth ministers all the time. They're like, "You're just hiding behind these the pizza because you don't want the kids to know the truth," right, and you're right. and you're brainwashing them. And it's like, oh. This stings, oh. or they think that this is going to sting me because that's precisely what they're doing when they take their kid to a pride parade. Right. That's precisely what they're doing when they're taking their kid to story hour and, you know, in, indoctrinating them with Well, it's a, it's a, the thing that has lit up the atheists, as you were pointing out in the last couple of days, is just my, I've written about how everybody's religious. And I right. know I know how difficult that is, and I know the problems with that, but I use that word on purpose because that's their word. And it's like everybody has a everybody has a form of religion. And if you the reason they fight with that with me about that is because it's true. Right. And if if they have to acknowledge that they are just as religious as I am, then that's the end of their argument. Right. And so that's why they're that's why they've come around the last couple of days and just been nasty, right. um, because they're saying exactly what you're saying. You're just you're just brainwashing. You're indoctrinating. You don't know anything about atheists. You don't even know any atheists. This is not what we think. This is not what we are. I'm not religious. I'm not religious. They you just double down and triple 900 down. Nine hundred comments all repeating. I'm not religious. I'm not a religious person. It's like weird because this like all nine hundred of these comments could easily pass for your creed right now. You're all repeating it in unison. Mm-hmm. Just say amen at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and and the thing is the way I wrote about it I wasn't even I wasn't even disparaging of atheism that's that's the thing that's so telling telling I wasn't I, I wasn't bad mouthing them I didn't right. call them names I just said just acknowledge it it's okay just be honest that you have the, the other word is theology but I don't use that very often but people go I'm not, I don't have a theology yes you do you believe that there is no God that is theology right. but they can't stand that's because it because the only the only reason they're not still Christians or they don't still go to church is because they don't feel like they've had their answers answered. They don't feel like they've had their questions answered satisfactorily. To their satisfaction. And so right. now it, they're in a jam because if they try to take any other position, if they can't then answer all of my questions to then my they're, satisfaction, they're guilty of hypocrisy. They're guilty of the same thing. Right. And, and that's where we are. I mean, we're in a position where we've got competing religions you know, you've got people at a pride booth over there and people at a neighborhood church over on the other side of the street and they've both got their booths set up and they're in the same situation as far as they, they've been given nature, they've been given scripture, they've been given their life right. and a chance to sort it out and try to figure out what's true. And um, the atheists have been getting ground, gaining ground for many, many years, basically challenging Christians on the things they don't know challenging them on the, on the gray areas. Right, right, or right. right. Un, and using know. that as proof that what they, right. you know, that atheism is true and that right. and all religion, quote-unquote, is a bunch of malarkey. Right. Because they've... And it's not hard to do. It's not hard to find Christians that don't know what they're talking about. Right. That's super easy. So, so that has been so powerful for so long that they're starting to panic a little bit knowing that, you know, the Christians, some of us, are wising up to that exact same argument and we can just turn around and lob it right back and right. say guess what guess what you guys you don't know either you're also hypocrites yeah and you're brainwashing my kids but you can't give them a sucker unless you can prove to me that you're going to be honest well i'm sad that, that that's a good idea and when you go to the uh, when you go to the fair i definitely want to go with because that's that, i went we went to the strawberry festival a couple of weeks ago yeah but those Nothing atheists happened. were no fun they just sat there like a couple of bumps on the log yeah there was no proactive grooming 
Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sad that, uh, that I'm not going to be able to throw eggs at drag queens. Mm-hmm. Talk yep. me out of it. That's the problem. That's the problem, That's Carl. Why. It's the problem with having conversations, Carl, is sometimes your ideas uh, fall apart when you express them to somebody else. So the only, the only way to prevent this from happening is just to keep all of my ideas to myself. You can throw eggs at the youth minister. <laughs> you want? Can he wear drag? Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time. 